You're listening to this edition of 88.9 The Pulse WQSU Sports Welcome Podcast. Back to this week's edition of the SU Sports Corner Podcast. I am Josh, joined with Callan, and we've got a great show coming up ahead. We're going to dive into some talk about the New York sports. We'll get into some Thanksgiving talk. We'll get into some college football you name it, we're going to do it. We're going to do a Mount Rushmore of the best Thanksgiving foods we will talk about. But before we talk about the best Thanksgiving foods and the best Thanksgiving things about, you know, Thanksgiving. Really, the Thanksgiving stuff's about Thanksgiving. Yeah. I would have hey. never guessed. Hey, big brain again. Yep. Oh, it's coming out again. <laughs> we have to acknowledge something that happened. And I'm not necessarily proud of this. And it's no, but it's not my GPA or how I did on my last science exam. Nope and no. Nope. those are things to be proud about, but just for the record. You're, you're, fair point. <laughs> fair point. Um, we're going to talk about a game that happened at Madison Square Garden. Um, what was it? Wednesday? Wednesday. <laughs> that was, uh, not, you know what makes it even better? You and I were there. We were at this game. Coincidentally, the same exact game together. I ended up getting the tickets from my uncle. You ended up knowing I got the tickets. I was like, you know what? I'll meet you there. Yeah. And we ended up going to that game. And I think, Josh, you're the bad luck charm. Because every game that we have ever watched the Rangers Islanders, we've had our little side bets about it. I've lost every single one of those. But the second you stepped foot in the garden, <laughs> I went to one of those and we put a bet on when you weren't there. And I lost. But this year, you step foot in the garden, and your team just gets pummeled by the Rangers. 5 nothing on Wednesday night. It was an enjoyable game from the first 29 seconds when Philip Heedle scored a goal on. It was an absolute blast. <sighs> I don't know what to say. I genuinely went into that game. I knew First off, I knew I had to go to the garden. I thought it was like a calling that I had to go to Madison Square Garden to defend the New York Islanders. I thought they were going to put my guy in net and tie in Grice. I thought they were going to put Grice in net. I thought Matty B, Matty Barzal, the slick kid, would be out there just shooting pucks, hitting him on net, no big deal. I thought we were going to see Andres Lee look like the captain and the guy that he needs to be to lead this hockey team. And I thought that their defense would actually look remotely decent. And none of that happened. Nope. First off, they had some guy in net who stinks and laner. I don't even mind going to pronounce his name right. I'm not going to try to pronounce his name right, Callan. He's not worth me pronouncing his name right. This guy stinks. 29 seconds in. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I was kind of wondering after the first couple goals why he was still in net. He stinks. We needed, he needed... Th- needed a night off or something? Three, know, but- mi- three goals in eight minutes, right? And even the two goals in the first three minutes and 30 seconds. They let some bum who my boy Johnson just <laughs> plummeted in the face. Just He took more of a pounding than I think than the New York Islanders took. Yeah, that was not a, that was not a good fight. That's the one highlight of the Islanders that was the highlight. game was that Cody McLeod got beat up in the fight. And I'll, I'll take him getting beat up in a fight if it means that he's going to score a goal and the Rangers are going to win five. Stinks. Nothing, but- he stinks. Stinks. Let's all put around, that out there. All around great game for the Rangers, but I know where you're going to go from here. Rangers lost two. They both that was they lost the funny. Flyers, and they lost the that was Capitals, pretty funny. And they looked very pathetic in that game against the Flyers. They got nothing going on offense. It was a horrible game. Not fun to watch. We ended up turning. I had fun that, watching. I watched that with my uncle, and we ended up turning it to the golf match a few, a little later in the third period when we realized there's no shot point in even watching this game. So we turned on the Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods golf match, which that was, was more amusing <laughs> than the Rangers getting pummeled. 
And then the game against Capitals on Saturday looked good for the first three periods, and then the final, however long, was just yeah, not not worth talking about. But that's the Rangers for you. They're a rebuilding team who hit a hot streak and are now hitting a cold streak. So where do they go from there? We'll find out soon. They start playing like their opponents. I think I'm pretty sure they're playing like the New York Islanders. They you remember, and we were both at the game. We could talk about this that we by watching that game, the New York Islanders. Genuinely could not hit. The, if you remember how they had that with the to hit the guy at the center of the uh, center ice, and like he wins a car or whatever. If he yeah. oh he was he was so th- that awful. guy was, was horrible. He did, they put the little part of the goal and had the slide. He didn't even hit the goal. <laughs> that he was even, he did not even come close. <laughs> and I'm not saying that could have done it. <laughs> Let's face it. You put us two on the ring, we might not have done better. <laughs> but come on, hit the hit the net guy. Hit you're, the in net. Of, you're in front of thousands of people trying to win a nice car. It was a nice car. It was, it was a nice, nice car. car. It was. It's um, a hard shot. I'm not going to say either of us could do it. But, but uh, he I think I could go up there and hit, hit a net. But I was going to say the Islanders should have signed him. Because he, he looked like he was on the team. I thought he was going to be wearing one of the, the blue sweaters. Yeah, they couldn't hit water if it fell out of a boat that game. That was... Uh, but yeah. I'm not going to get too high on my horse because you have the overall... And uh, the no big deal. But let's just remember that... You next one of these next podcasts. I'm going to give you one of my Ranger hats, and you have to wear yes, it for the show. That and was... I don't know if this is me being delusional, right? Which it could be. And they were still down two nothing, and I was like, no big deal. Yeah. I was I was cool as a, I was texting. I'm like, I'm cool as a cucumber right now. Rangers were up two nothing against them earlier in the year, and they blew it. So yeah, that was it, funny. Just cool <laughs> on Rangers to be up two nothing and. I, I, Even three, no, I'll be honest. Again, I texted you. I was like three nothing after that power play goal. I was still was not worried because I because I saw that like you know what like there's a long game. You were at the game the one year when we were up three nothing like yep. so, seconds in. Yep, that was. I was like, my brother told me I looked like I was about to cry that day <laughs> early on, but they came back and then ripped my heart out just in typical Ranger fashion. It makes you feel better. Um, while I was at that game, I was sitting in the section where uh, a bunch of people started chanting, where's Tavares? And I said, wow, that's a low blow for tonight. <laughs> and literally, after one of the stoppages in the third period, all I got there was, where's Tavares? And they all, the whole section was going bonkers. I'm sure you had to... Close your mouth a little bit and not get going. I, t- I you know took the, it. I you know the second his name comes out, you get a little... Uh, oh, the guy asked me what I thought about Tavares. I swear to you, the guy sitting next to me, the guy who had a couple of uh, beverages during the game, was wanted to talk my ear off about John Tavares. He found the John Tavares guy in all of Madison Square. But he, oh, also, last thing, and then we're going to actually do something else except talk about this. I don't know about you, right? And this, uh, this caught my attention. I saw way too many 91 jerseys. I don't understand why any Islander fan who has remotely any brain cells would wear a number nine. And I and I get the jerseys are expensive. I get it. But here's the thing. Remember, we also have Madison Square Garden. That night, I was not wearing any. I was wearing a beanie. That was it. That was the only Islander thing you had on. Same thing for me. The only Ranger thing I had because I forgot my jersey. I didn't know I was going to the game until I was back home. Was just a Ranger hat, and you had your Islander beanie. And I and I I rolled with the punches all night. But here's the thing. If you're going into enemy territory and that that dumpster fire of a place called the Madison Square Garden, fire, yeah, you can call the mausoleum that. I'll give it to you because it's a dumpster fire. Eh, the mausoleum again. When we go back there, the mausoleum in Long Island. Also, the um, <laughs> I'll tell you afterwards what uh, the other thing I just realized what was said <laughs> about speaking of not having a home for the Islanders, but um. 
the fact of the matter was they genuinely cannot hit the net. And it was just unbelievable the fact that how bad this team was. They showed no heart except with the fight. They had stupid penalties. And I just I, I, th- I thought it was just a slam dunk that it just wasn't a slam dunk. And to make matters worse, I was like, I took the over of six or five and a half, and it was five. And I was like, really? If they're going to lose, I generally thought it was going to be like 4-2 or like something. Like, like I was like, oh, I'm going to hit the over. This is not that hard. The usual Ranger Islander games are high scoring. That seemed like a pretty locked in bet. I would have agreed with you there. Thank but you. We sit Thank here you. as we record the podcast, both sitting at 26 points. I'm sure going down the stretch, we'll have even more of these talks of which team's really better because as we're sitting here right now, I don't know. They're both bad. They both stink. I don't think we can even make an... I can make an argument for my team. You can make an argument for your team, but it's not worth it because we know where these teams are going to be. It's going to be sitting out. We're playing in the playoffs. We'll be in the playoffs. We're, I'm, I'm still confident, Callan. I, I don't think either of these teams are going in the playoffs. I, as much as I love the Rangers and they were on a good hot streak, but they're, they're not going in the playoffs. This is a rebuild year, and I completely accept that. Best case scenario is they squeak out the eighth seed and then get pummeled 4 nothing in the first round. By the That's Islanders the who have the one seed. If the Islanders have a <laughs> one seed... I don't know. Why. The Islanders are seven and two at home. I just want to point that out. At home, unreal. What six and two, seven and two? And the Rangers are nine and four at home. They had one of the longest home winning streaks finally snapped over the weekend. Yeah, they look bad. All right, so we're gonna get off of the hockey because I'm getting. If, if I'm more, getting, yeah. This segment was more of just letting me finally rub in the face that the Rangers won, just because you and I miraculously ended up at the same game, and it was pretty fun. Yeah, it was. A, it was fun for a little bit. And then I hear a lot of the I, the goal song, and uh, again I was jacked up. I was ready to go out there on the ice. It was not good, not good. But okay, so now we're gonna jump into another thing. Speaking of disappointments in my eyes in New York sports, right? Of all the disappointments we could talk about, the New York Giants. Where the heck are you at? First off, Pat Shermer, you need to figure your stuff out. And here's what I want to talk about, Callan. This is what we need to get off my chest right here. Great opening drive. Great opening first half, we can even say. Except that that, that lackluster interception by Eli Manning, which cost... Remember, it was a third down and three. All they need was three yards. They just need to get them another three yards to get into field goal position. Instead, no. Eli Manning throws like a 45-yard pass and gets picked off. Stupidity at its finest by Eli Manning. Cost the team three points. And miraculously, that's just to start it out, Callan. And then, we're in the second half, mind you, how many, and we talked about this before we came on, how many times do you think, realistically, how many times do you think Saquon Barkley got the ball in the second half? I know the answer. The answer is four. Four times in the entire second half. Four. The biggest playmaker, maybe in the whole entire game, touched the ball. Against a Four terrible times. Up Eagles defense. He had 13 carries for 101 yards and a touchdown today, right? Saquon Barkley. And I'm not a math guy. That's why I'm looking at the numbers here. 7.8 yards a carry and a touchdown, right? And then out of the back, out of receiving the ball, seven receptions for 41 yards and a touchdown as well. And also, your Odell Beckham Jr., he's going crazy calling out the play calling, calling out Pat Shermer. I'm calling out Pat Shermer as well. Pat Shermer, you got to be kidding me. And then especially what got me the most irate on the first touchdown of that game, opening drive, what got me the most absolutely irate, and there's a lot of things that got me irate during this game. There's a lot of things that get you irate in general. Oh, you're, you're absolutely right. But this is what got me, is the fact it's 
you have you're going for the two point conversion, which I 155 percent agreed with. You you have the play call that you try to throw it to a Penny, uh, your fullback who's double covered, and you had Ellison, the tight end in the flat, who was really like the saving grace of today, four reception of seven seven yards. He was the best looking play, and he was wide open. So that's two points there. You lost another three points on the uh, Eli Manning's interception. That's a total of five points. The Giants lost by three points today. And the part that got me the most mad was Eli Manning, not his lack of uh, clock management skills. And Shermer talked about this today in his post-game press conference. He said that third and 11, that's on me. That's my fault for not uh, conveying the play well. And it ain't my fault for not uh, conveying the play. Well, it's your fault, Pat Shermer. I think Minnesota is thrilled they got rid of the terrible coach and coordinator that he was. Certain people are head coaches, Callan. Certain people are coordinators. He is a coordinator. He ain't a head coach. Is Pat Shermer now in the hot seat? Yes. Get him the heck out of New York. And I used to be an Eli Manning defender. This was the, where I'm starting to say the writing's on the wall for Eli Manning. This was a winnable game. They were on their 6th and 10th string corners, Callan. Yeah. you got to be kidding me. This was definitely a winnable game for the Giants. The Eagles were banged up. I'll turn it around on his head because you covered all the Giants stuff, and it's hard for me to cover anymore. Giants could have won this game, and like you managed some bad poor clock management, kind of kicked them in the butt. Move over to the Eagles' side. They now are 5-6. and six. Carson Wentz still isn't looking entirely like himself. 20-28, 236 yards touchdown. Josh Adams, 84 yards touchdown. They're now sitting at 5-6, and six in a division where the leader is 6-5. and five. Harvey Eagles, I'm not saying they're back by any stretch of the imagination because they do not look like the same team. Their defense is brutal. We've seen it, and that should have been something the Giants should have taken advantage of. Yeah. But the Eagles can still win this division. And to me... It's painful to say this because they're a bad team. They're the second best team in that division. I don't think I think they're better than the Redskins. And this coming weekend or next weekend, they play the Redskins on Monday Night Football, and that's gonna could be a big threat test in that NFC East. To, are, do you agree with me that on this? Are the Eagles back in this division no. race now? Are they the second best team in that division? No, 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 and no. And first, okay. Colt McCoy was god-awful, and we're going to talk about that, and we might almost use this as our transition to get into it, but he was god-awful on Thursday night, on the uh, Thanksgiving football. He was pretty god-awful, and Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott looked like they were the uh, Jerry Rice and uh, Joe Montana Tatum. I don't know where that came from. Dak Prescott, the guy that I said should not be allowed to have any arms to throw a football, is all of a sudden looking like Terry Bradshaw or looking as if he was playing as uh, Troy Aikman. I thought I was watching Troy Aikman in his prime. He's torching defenses like genuinely Troy Aikman. I couldn't believe that. And I, I am just besides myself. So I genuinely think Dallas is probably going to be the best team. Yes. Um... Does Mark San- we can almost play a game. Does Mark Sanchez get an opportunity to play quarterback? You know, yeah, I'll, I'll say Mark Sanchez will get some snaps. I don't know. If, I don't think it'll be because of Colt McCoy benching. It'll probably be one of those injuries, just blowouts. The Redskins will either get blown out so much they're like, you know, what, let's give Sanchez a run just to preserve Colt McCoy, or they'll be blowing him out, which I don't think they're going to blow, blow out any teams coming time soon. But 
I, I do think Mark Sanchez will see the field this year, and I, that's something I would never thought I would say going into early this season. Uh, Cole McCoy was 24 of 38 for 268, two touchdowns, three interceptions. His quarterback rating was a 24.3, and his overall rating a 68.8. Dak Prescott, 22 of 31 for 289, two touchdowns. His, his overall rating was a 121.6. Cowboys are a team to beat in the NFC right now. I, I can't believe I, that. I don't think that's even up for debate by either of us right now because the Eagles don't look impressive. The Giants, we've already, you've already went on that giant ramp. Their season's over. Eight and eight won't be good or could be good enough to win this division. No. But let's face it, the Giants are not winning out. I, I'm confident nine and seven is going to win this division. I don't think any team's going to look better than eight and eight or nine and seven. Then they're going to host a playoff game. We'll see what happens. But the way Dallas has looked lately, they're a team to beat. Dak Prescott looked great. Ezekiel Elliott was Ezekiel Elliott. He's incredible, and they're getting involved in the passing game. A lot to like of his Cowboy team, and they got a big test coming up on Thursday against the New Orleans Saints, which to me will probably be a, one of a more of a blowout than yeah. close. But let, let's see how legit this team really is. Yeah, and uh, the next uh, Thanksgiving football game, the Chicago Bears just continued steamrolling teams and just. Continue. It doesn't matter who's going in. Chase Daniel goes in, and he fills in pretty solidly for the twenty-three to sixteen win over the four and seven Lions. And Chase Daniel twenty-seven of thirty-seven for two hundred and thirty yards and two touchdowns. It's a pretty solid game. He did what he needed to do. They only rushed the ball fifteen times. I would not have expected that, especially with Chase Daniel as your quarterback, who's now in his ninth NFL season. And making only his third career start, if you had told me that they would hand the ball 15 times, you would have thought they'd try and get the put some pressure off the guy by handing the ball off. But they do the complete opposite, and he fills in confidently. So I think that's a good sign for the Bears going forward. There's talks that Trubisky may miss another week, so we'll see what happens moving forward. But Bears continue to impress, and they continue to declare themselves as competitive in the NFC. More of a competitive than I gave them credit for more of a competitor than I thought they would be going into the season and even early in the season with how they were playing. And Ro- you got to give Roquan Smith out of Georgia a lot of credit. They're a first-round pick this year. He's just stepped up, and he used the signing of Cleo Mack as a kind of like a rallying point, and he's just filled in really nice, as well as Prince of Mukamara this year, somebody who the New York Giants didn't really want, and somebody who they invested a lot of capital in. They believed he was their guy for the New York Giants out of Nebraska, and the Giants didn't want him anymore. He bounced around a little bit. He found a home in Chicago. He's played very, very solidly. They got one of the best, and Leonard Floyd, uh, another former first-round pick. He's been a really solid player. That defense is a force in it to be reckoned with. And remember, they got the New York Giants next week going to MetLife Stadium, which should be a very easy win for the Chicago Bears. Absolutely. Absolutely. That defense is probably the best in football right now. We've said it a couple times, but they continue to show why they are seen that way. It's incredible, and that's going to be in a league that's becoming a lot more offensive happy, especially after that Monday night game between the Rams and the Chiefs. It's good to still see some teams who have those elite shutdown defenses. It's, it's fun to switch that around instead of the elite offense to see an elite top-end defense once in a while, too. Yeah, absolutely. And then we'll talk about the night game for Thursday, for the Thanksgiving. I keep saying Thursday. It was Thursday night, but we got to signify it's a special day. And you know, it's exactly what it's special for. 
Um, the New Orleans Saints won 31-17. Now 10-1, what, winning nine in a row? The Matt Ryan, though, 35-47 for 377 and two touchdowns. The Saints poured it on late. And the Saints are a team. Drew Brees, 50, uh, 15 of 22, 171, four touchdowns and a pick. Uh, they had 31 total rushing attempts for 150 yards, which is about five yards a carry. Uh, nice day overall for if you're the Saints, and the Saints look like they're just going to keep rolling. Yep, they continue rolling. What was crazy was four players scored a touchdown. It's not your usual Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, Michael Thomas thing. It's Dan Arnold, Tommy Lee Lewis, Austin Carr, and Keith Kirkwood. I don't think either of us could have named any of those four guys going into yeah. this Thursday. So fun to see the Saints being able to use some guys lower on their depth chart. To It's Drew Brees, and he'll make anyone look good. So Drew Brees putting himself even more, continuing to put himself in that MVP conversation. Saints steamrolling past everyone and looking more and more like the favorite to win the Super Bowl this season. They've just looked incredible. There's not too much more you can say about that. Their defense continues to impress. I'll continue to say it each week, but they are the favorite in the entire NFL right now. Ooh. Yeah, I'll say it. They're better than the Rams. They're better than the Chiefs. If I had to say right now on the air who my my favorite to win the Super Bowl is, right now it's New Orleans Saints. Mm. Realistically, I think – I was going to ask you your the top three teams in the NFC. I was going to ask. I was going. I'll rank them: the Rams, the Saints, and then I'd put the Bears. I think I just flip flop the top two. I'd have the Saints above, then the Rams, then the Bears for top three in the NFC. I don't know why? I just don't think. <sighs> you can't doubt Drew Brees. Their defense continues to improve. We saw that the 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 uh, Rams defense has been a little shaky of late. And you, can you have our offense? They have so many playmakers. I mean, they do have LA too, but I think the defense with the Saints is better than the Rams, and that's what separates them. They've now won ten straight, and let's face it, during those ten games, there hasn't really been a, too many teams who have even played too close competition with them. Yeah. Um. Then we'll jump into what kind of happened today. The Jacksonville Jaguars, a team out disappointed. I am in this team. Jacksonville Jaguars now one and four on the road. They're now three and eight. They lose to a terrible Buffalo Bills team, twenty-four twenty-one. Jalen Ramsey continues to just smack talk everybody. He started out the season saying every single person, probably much in the NFL, is garbage, and he just talked down upon every single quarterback in the NFL. And even today on the field, he said, "You're garbage. You're garbage." You saw what he said. Yep. That was yep. that. What a what a clip that was. He needs to just shut his mouth. Yeah. He's playing on a three and eight football team, and the quarterback who he said is trash, and every throw he made during preseason, he would quote tweet it and say, "That's going to be an interception. Can't wait to play him." You didn't pick him off today. He didn't have his best game, but it was good to see him back in the field. He ran for you on you guys for ninety nine yards and touchdown, and you guys lost. And now you're three and eighteen, probably going to be in last place in your division. <laughs> So uh, I think he just needs to keep his mouth shut. I'm getting tired of hearing. I get the smack talk, but back it up. And he did back it up a little bit against Ben Roethlisberger last week, but still, Steelers won that game. So he's got to do a little more playing on the field than talking. It's just get him. It's just it's just dumb to be honest. But good to see Josh Allen back. Yeah, here. Josh. It, it, hey, we're he, Josh Allen guys here. Yeah, I think he's he is the franchise, the future for. Right now, he's looked good in limited time before the injury. I do like what I've seen, unlike 
on the other side, Bortles continues to tell me why he needs to go. Uh, he Things were not in his favor again. I don't think the weather was as good as he would have liked. I don't think his team was helping him out as much. I think D.D. Westbrook going missing a lot of the time. I'm not blaming Blake Bortles as much as you might. Yeah. Okay. Okay, because here's the thing. Blake Bortles, right? He thinks he did not look necessarily look great because here's the thing. He was only 12, okay. He was twelve of twenty three for one hundred twenty seven passing yards, five and a half yards. But remember, he, they weren't really letting him do what he wants to do. He only he had a touchdown and two picks, right? And they didn't really let him do what he wanted to do, because here's the thing: that rushing, right? Thirty nine attempts for two hundred twenty six yards and two touchdowns. Why the heck are you putting Blake Bortles in that position when you're just averaging six yards a carry? Yeah, you don't. When you have a quarterback like Blake Bortles, you better get your run game going because otherwise it's gonna be a long game on offense. But Leonard Fournette looked good before he punched a guy and got kicked out of the game. But uh, we're spending too much time on the Jaguars. They're three and eighteen, but yeah, Fournette looked good before he punched a guy and got kicked out. That was wild. Yeah, that was wild. That was one of the highlights of the week. There was suspension coming. Oh we'll yeah. See, I, I wouldn't shock me to see him out a game or two after that little brawl. Wild. Um, next we're gonna get into a surprise, and I, I actually had fun watching this game, and I didn't know why I was enjoying this game, but I enjoyed it a lot. The Cleveland Browns won th- uh, thirty-five to twenty. Very interesting game. Baker Mayfield went nineteen to twenty-six for two hundred fifty-eight yards and four touchdowns, and so that's just to start that start get the ball rolling with that, right? At the current defensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals is a guy by the name of Hugh Jackson, right? He, uh, he's not. No, he's not the defensive coordinator. He's a special assistant. Oh, special. Head coach. Oh, I'm sorry. It's like Dwight Schrute in the office. He's not the head coach. He's the assistant <laughs> head coach. <laughs> so he goes right. So this is what happens. The end of it. So to first off, Andy Dalton threw a duck to uh, to Marius Randall. Picks it off, whatever. Rather than going up the field more like he easily could have done, he decides to go out of bounds right where Hugh Jackson is, hands him the football. That's hilarious. And then, to make matters better, at the end of the game, Hugh Jackson's still on the field. At the end of the game, he tries to go up to uh, Baker Mayfield to give him like a little hug after the game. And uh, Baker Mayfield just shrugs him off. Like, half, it was, like, looked like kind of like what you would do if like one of your aunts or uncles tries to go up to you on like around the Christmas time. And you don't really want to, like, see them or talk to them. Yeah, Baker Mayfield has some nice words for Hugh Jackson after the game, yeah. saying we finally have an offense coordinator. We pretty much saying we will finally have an offense coordinator. We want back there. He's finally allowing <laughs> us to get involved. He betrayed the team by going to Cincinnati. He, he did not hide his feelings for Hugh Jackson after the game. Baker looked great. He should continue to show why he's going to be the quarterback for the future in Cleveland. He's been incredible. Nick Chubb had a solid game. And all around this Browns offense conti- team continues to impress Andy Dalton gets hurt for the Bengals we'll see what hap- how long he if he's out for anything original x-rays are were not too bad so we'll see what happens there but the Bengals continue to struggle and now there's talk about Marvin Lewis stepping down after his season to be the head coach and you know who the Bengals seem to be ready to take over if Lewis comes out no Hugh Jackson oh yes Hugh Jackson seems to be getting another head coaching opportunity and I was talking about this with my roommate before we recorded this I wouldn't want him coaching my Pee Wee football team, let alone an NFL team. He was a brutal head coach. and Hard knock showed even it. Even as a Steeler fan, who I do not like the Cincinnati Bengals too much, I don't want to see them go through a torture of having Hugh Jackson as their head coach. Yeah, and like, honestly, hard knocks 
showed it a lot. The fact that he is not really that competent. He's kind of very, very out of touch in a sense. Um, but, yeah, if the Bengals fall apart the way that they're looking, yeah, he's out of a job. Yep. I'm curious to know what happens next, though. If we're going to be real honest, I'm very, very curious to know what happens next with that head coaching opportunity. Does, is If they do get a new head coach, does Andy Dalton go? Is there, do they he got hurt today. Up? Yeah, it, it doesn't seem too serious, but yeah. they're going to keep – Looking over and Andy Dalton's not the answer. He's out. Nah, I think he's. But it's a it's a it's there. a real bad year for quarterbacks in yeah. this draft. Drew Locke, the kid from what NC State, and then uh, Herbert. These are guys that are second to third round guys at best. These aren't necessarily the type of talent. If if I'm a team, I'd be more interested in seeing the price for a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, mm-hmm. or there's a couple of backups that I think. You know, that's a better option. I think that's what some teams may be willing to do. So this will be a lot to look forward to look to watch for. For the few teams who may need a quarterback, we're seeing a team we're going to talk about soon, Baltimore, who may have found their quarterback, who probably has found their quarterback in the future with how he's played so far and might be keeping Joe Flacco out of a job a little longer. Yeah. Okay, uh, I don't want to compare it to like the Kaepernick situation with Alex Smith back in the day, but yeah, it's kind of almost like it, that, where similar, where like everyone knew the writing was on the wall for, and he stepped up and did what he needed. Uh, next, we could talk about the goat here and Tom Brady, because you know we can't go too long without talking about Tom. He was twenty to thirty one. It looks like Tommy's back for two eighty three and two touchdowns. Sonny Michelle, her first round pick, twenty one of one for one thirty three and a touchdown. And and Edelman, four receptions for 84 yards and a touchdown. The Jets were tied at halftime with New England. And then Tom Brady said, oh, yeah, we're playing the Jets. Yeah, Brady silenced anyone who thought he was, uh, this is, could be the end. They did what they're supposed to do against the Jets and just rolled all over them. The Jets continue to struggle, and then it's not fun watching them, even when they don't have Sam Darnold. I think they'd rather out there just see what they have with him. Fortunately, Josh McCowns, he's doing what he can with this team, and we know where the Jets are. Patriots continue to impress and continue to show why they are the Patriots, and there isn't too much more to say. Tom's back and had a really good game. He got a lot of people involved. Edelman had a really good game. Sony Michelle coming back from injury, getting that run game going, getting involved a lot more. Just all around great performance by the Patriots and the Jets. They're the Jets. But, bottom line. but McCown, though, he, he kind of showed why he's there. He was 26 of 45 for 276 and a touchdown and an interception. Oh, yeah, he, he, had a solid, but, he had a fine game. It's just, if you're as you, you're a Jets fan, yeah. you'd rather have Darnold out there right now in a lost season just to see what he's got and continue to try and progress with him a little bit. Yeah, but at the same time, I also wouldn't have had Josh McCown throw the ball 45 times, especially when you look at the breakdown of they only rushed it 15 times, and a majority of his throws were, like, in the first half when they were tough. Why the heck don't you run the – or they were – why don't you run the football when your averaging was five a carry? I could ask the same thing about my Pittsburgh Steelers today, which I'm sure we'll get into. It was weird, but, you know, I guess why not? The Jets have a total loss season, and we know who won't be having it. another coach who won't have a job next season. Will probably be out at the end of the season. And Todd Bowles, yeah, the writing's yeah. kind of on the wall with him too. I, I Todd Bowles drives me nuts, and we, we've talked. We could go on for another hour about how why he drives me nuts. Even when we played you guys with the fourth and two on the forty yard line, and we punted it, and we're down by like 15, fourteen, and we punt. 
You're joking, right? It's like 6.58 left in the... You might as well just walk into the locker room because the game's over. Yeah, I don't think we need to talk too much more about Todd Bowles. We know your feelings on him, and we know he'll probably be out of a job. Even the Jets have kind of said, we'll take... Uh, Condoleezza Rice, Rice, maybe. I don't know. We can pull the Cleveland Brown route. Let's. I would like a Condoleezza Rice if she knew how to uh, show some life on the sideline. Who knows? Yeah, who, who knows what's going to happen. There's going to be a lot of head coaching uh, openings. I'm sure we've talked about it before, and we could probably do a Mount Rushmore of best job openings. We're going to. That's a good idea. That'll be something to tune in for. Cause there are some interesting job openings that we think will happen and by the end of the season we'll know more and be able to tell who we think is the best opening what yeah. job we, if we were offered a head coaching job for any openings which jobs we'd be jumping in to try and get if you remember I literally called like every single coach that would get fired last year that was like the most again I'm going to toot my own horn a little that was the most impressive thing and everyone was like fighting with me the entire year and the only one that still has a job is like Dark Cutter and Adam Gase and everyone else I called yeah, we've had we did it a couple of shows ago. We had our lists going, and it seems like coaches keep getting added to that list. And yeah, we watch, and this could be another season with seven, eight job openings by the end of this. But Vance Joseph saving us. You, he He's should saving. write. He should send you guys a Christmas basket. Yeah, we'll get the next. We're gonna get into that eventually because we still got a, a lot to talk about. But all right, so the Tampa Bay Bucks. Speaking of a team of a coach who should probably get fired. Uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks looked very good today. The Jameis Winston, Jameis, f- famous Jameis, finally getting the, his opportunity, his calling, 29-38 for 3-12 and two touchdowns. Remember, this was the same two teams that made the New York football Giants look very good. This is the same teams that generally made the Giants defense look very good, and these are also the same two teams that are god-awful. So I just wanted to preface with that. 27-9 to win. Um... It was a pretty boring game. I tried watching it. I actually like fell asleep for a little. But Jameis had his best game of the season, as you mentioned, twenty nine of thirty eight, three hundred twelve yards, two touchdowns. The Buccaneers, if they're smart, they'll stick with him the rest of the season just because he's got that option we keep talking about, whether or not he's going to be the guy moving forward. So we'll see what happens there. To me, I don't think he is the guy, but he can prove to be the guy. I don't know about you. I don't think so. But what what do you think? If you are the Buccaneers GM at the end of the season, with what you've seen from Jameis Winston, are you taking on that option? Are you making yeah. him kind of making the statement that this is my guy and we're moving forward with him? Yeah, I think he's a one-term, one-year fix just because you look at the lackluster of options on the market. I don't know about you. I'm not in love with any of these guys that are currently out there. Again, Herbert, you look at Drew Locke, you look at uh, there's a couple of other names I'm not in love with. and. Yeah. I, I, and here's the thing: you could have had Teddy Bridgewater, but eh. you, you could have had. A, there's a couple other names out there you're eh, about. So I think he's a one-year fix, and kind of go from there and see what, kind of what you have. Yeah, I think it's fair. If you do want to, like you mentioned, there isn't too many good options, and if you want to give Jameis another year, you possibly can. I personally, to me, I from what I've seen in Jameis, I'm not super impressed with him, and I don't think he's good. The guy moving forward with Tampa Bay, and if I was a GM, I'd probably look elsewhere, but I can understand giving another year and looking for a better draft class before making that decision. Yeah. Um, next, we'll talk about uh, Seattle, which I t- I bet the under at the start of the year, which was 7.5, uh, and, and I look ridiculous. No, I think it was 8.5. No, it's 7.5, and, and I look really dumb right now. Because they're 6-5. They and five. They just beat the Panthers. The Panthers are falling apart. Yeah, Panthers are falling apart. Seattle's established himself as a serious threat for the wild card in the NFC. We could say 
they look more serious for any other division, but they play in the NFC West, so that division is long out of reach since week four for them. But they've looked really good lately. They're establishing both the run game, their defense is picking up the pace and playing really well. Wilson threw for over 300 yards and two touchdowns today. Tyler Lockett's incredible, becoming the number one receiver for them. And they have Doug Baldwin, who can play like a number one when he's entirely healthy. So both sides of the ball are playing really well. Seattle's a team that when they're hot, I'd be afraid to play against right now. And Carolina, like you mentioned, is falling apart. I still like them, but their schedule does get tough the rest of the season. They still have to play the Saints twice. They play the Browns in Cleveland, which could be a tough matchup. Yeah. So... Panthers are kind of trending towards they may miss the playoffs. When Ron Rivera out? I don't think so. I think they like Rivera. He's done well with Cam Newton. I think that's more quiet on the hot seat. But Pete they were the best well. team. They were what? The best team? Of, they were what? What started out six and two? They were they were hot to open the season. And lately, like you mentioned, they haven't. They've now lost three straight to the Steelers, Lions, and Seahawks. I think Seahawks have jumped ahead of them in terms of power rankings, and they're more of a – they're playing really hot. and like they they're, stink, though. Seahawks are a team that when they're hot, I would be afraid to play them if I was, had to face them in the playoffs. Seattle's so bad. Like, their secondary is garbage. Their team is garbage. I don't think Russell Wilson's that good, except he keeps defying it. I don't think their run game is necessarily that good. I just – Rashad Penny, I'm, I don't really think is that good, but Chris Carson helped me in fantasy today, so I just we'll give we'll call a spade a spade. Christian McCaffrey also had an incredible game. Yeah, McCaffrey's nice. Hundred yards rushing. He's I like McCaffrey. Incredible. I actually like McCaffrey a lot more than yeah, I realize. He's good. He's a very good. Uh, he could play in the NFL. He, he's a stud. He could play. He's a stud. Yeah. Yeah, by the way, that's a name to watch. He could get drafted and be a good player. Um, breaking news here. Breaking news. Sports Corner Podcast. Hey. That's, that's what we do. We call studs studs and duds duds. That's yeah, you're right. That's how we stay on the air. That is a, hey, you were there when a kid who we know that doesn't necessarily follow football at all. I said, hey, there's a guy, a couple of guys to watch. Number 12 on New England, guy by the name of Tom Brady, a sleeper. We talked about him. And then number 52 on the Bears. Solid player. He's got big arms. He can pass rush. He can bull rush. He can do all these things. Watch him. He could be an all-pro player. And pretty sure the kid you believed see, it. see, they, they ask how we do this week by week. It's... We state the obvious. <laughs> Occasionally, we'll have little non-obvious takes. But that's what that's what oh, we, we we repeat the obvious. Oh yeah. Um, I was looking at the box right now for this next game, and it's just truly remarkable. So, the Baltimore Ravens won thirty-four seventeen over the Oakland Raiders, and we talked about Lamar Jackson. He was fourteen and twenty-five for one hundred and seventy-eight rushing uh passing yards, a touchdown, two picks. Rushing rise, Gus Edwards, who I still don't know where he went to college. Um, he actually where went, he go? Uh, he went to Miami and then transferred into Rutgers. He wow. For both those, so a little really? Jersey guy, which we don't see too many in the <laughs> NFL, actually from Rutgers, who have established themselves, so that's fun to see. Yeah, I, I, I'm shocked. I'm right now getting over that a good player's come out of Rutgers in the last 10 years. But Gus Edwards, 23 for 118 rushing yards. Again, I think I picked him up in one of my leagues. No big deal. Tat, hat tip, nothing. And I also, uh, Lamar Jackson, 11 carries for 71 rushing yards and a touchdown. Um, I feel like I'm playing uh, NCAA football here a little bit, that he has almost as many rushing, uh, rushing attempts as he does passing completions. So, wow. Ravens sit in a, one of the wild card spots in the AFC right now. 
Joe Flacco may be healthy next week. This is the question that I've thought of, and I'm going to ask you right now. Next week, do you start Joe Flacco at yeah. quarterback, who's who's more established passer and more probably playoff proven if you're trying to be a playoff team, or do you stick with Lamar Jackson, continue to see what you have with him? If help, Flacco is healthy, who are you starting next week at quarterback? Uh, definitely Joe Flacco. I, I think I'm going Jackson. I think Flacco's the Ooh. better. I think Flacco's the better player. I'm not gonna sit here and argue that. Jackson, you're trying to see what you have for the future, and he's now won you two straight games. I think you, it's one of those ride with the hot hands, and you've won two straight games with Jackson. And your offense seems to be flowing a bit more of him. But they but I, he stinks. I don't, he's not a good passer, but you know what? I think that we, the Ravens kind of know what they are this year, and Harbaugh is gonna probably step down after this year. Yeah. There's talks that he had interest from USC, and that's shot down. But I thought he didn't. What's his name? Heldon got an extension. Yeah, he got, before he got the extension, there's people saying USC was reaching out to Harbaugh. But he'll be a sought-after coach if he does end up. Texas Tech, that's Tech, an, that's a big opening in the NFL. Even like some teams we've talked. Uh, about. No, I was, I'm just if you're yeah. talking if he's looking to go in the collegiate route, mm-hmm. I'm just naming some big openings that I can think of. Yeah, Texas Tech's probably that's a big opening right now, and we'll have more pretty much probably soon. But yeah, I, I think right now you ride the hot hand with Lamar Jackson, and if he does struggle, yeah, you, you could throw Flacco back in there. But I think next week, if I'm Harbaugh, I'm sticking with Jackson for another week. Yeah, I get that. And if honestly, and this is gonna be a, the wild take of the night, and you're gonna be looking at me very befuddled right now. If in fact Harbaugh goes, you know who I would hire? I'm being really serious. Let's hear this. Steve Spurrier, random name, and why? Yeah, I, that's a, that's now a nowhere name that I hadn't thought of, but I. Could. He mastered the two. He started two starting quarterbacks meticulously throughout college and while he became an NFL head coach. One thing, though, for me is I don't think Flacco will be here next year. I think that if Harbaugh does step down, the new head coach may look more towards Lamar Jackson and let him be a starter. I think that this may be the writing on the wall of Joe Flacco at his time in Baltimore. It's coming to an end. I think some team will be willing to pick him up. We mentioned a few teams who are quarterback needy. The Giants could. Yeah, I he, think Jacksonville could. If he I, open, if Flacco is Tennessee, Raven, he will be signed. It's not this yeah. isn't the end of his career. He'll be have a starting job somewhere else next year. Dallas. I, I'm just thinking of teams that I just can't stand their quarterback situation. And I'm just rattling you I'm just rattling names right here. Yeah, I think I agree with most of those. I don't think it's going to be Dallas. Dallas, but that's a longer we, shot. Whether or not we like Dak Prescott is stinks. another story, but Jerry Jones clearly likes him. and they'll So what, realistically, him. you could talk about Tampa Bay. You could talk about maybe Miami, Jacksonville. You could talk about Tennessee. You can talk about um, a couple others. Yeah. But... It's a long, again, it's a long, long season, and crazy, I've seen crazy things happen, and it's shocking. Yep, the Ravens are playing a little better since they put Jackson out there, so we'll see where they go. Spurrier, though, again, can you imagine that hiring? I, If I could go to Vegas today, I would genuinely put, like, $5 on a, like, 20,000 on one shot of Steve, of Steve Spurrier, who's, like, 68 or 67 years old. Getting this job. I think he's 68. But before I'm wrong, I want to make sure I'm not just rambling over nothing. But I, I remember, he's just a guy who I would not sleep on. He's 73. Yeah, so I would take make this about 3000 a one. That's definitely an out of, a name that I would never have thought of for that job. Thank opening you. If it does Thank happen. You. So 
Thank you. Interesting. If it does Thank happen, you. you will be. I'm sure. To, I'm sure I will be the first person to get a text. From that I called this and I'm really it, smart. Blah, blah blah. All the stuff you usually say when you get. I think I'm very humble when I get these things oh, right. You're the definition of humble. You're absolutely right. I genuinely. I don't think you can find somebody that's more humble when they get things right. I ju- I just want to put that out there. I ju- again, I just want to put that out there. So there's that. Next, we're gonna talk about was or will be the Chargers 45 to 10 win at home, eight and three. Philip Rivers 28 of 29. Wow, for 259, three touchdowns. In a single game in NFL history. Whoa! Does, does that mean the Cardinals are this bad? Uh, yes. Cardinals are brutal. They're trending towards possible first round overall pick, and the Chargers, they're hot. And I'll continue to say they're a hot team. Next week will be a great game, them against Pittsburgh Steelers. I think Rivers continues to put himself in an MVP conversation. Melvin Gordon hurt his knee, and they're saying it's an MCL injury. They'll we'll find out more in the coming days. That's definitely something to keep an eye on. I have two fantasy football leagues where he is on my team, so I am holding my breath that with that news. But the Chargers are great. I, I do think they're a dangerous team when they're hot and they're playing really well. Rivers, an MVP candidate. Their defense playing really well. Watch out for Los Angeles. L.A. Hey, L.A. could potentially be an L.A. v. L.A. What is this, the 2000 uh, World Series right now, a little Subway Series? Yeah, I don't think I'll say L.A. versus L.A. because I think there are three, maybe four AFC teams better than the Chargers right now, but then when they're hot, they're a very dangerous team and tough to beat. So I'll, I'll go that far in that they're a dangerous team if it comes playoff time and they're playing you first round. I think we could have a we could have a fun time with this. We could call it the battle for Interstate Ten. We could call it the four hundred five battle. We can we can just I think genuinely if I were one of, I, I don't even know who has the Super Bowl this year. If it's fought, it's no, a, oh, I know. I think it's a CBS. CBS CBS. If I'm CBS, I would genuinely hire me just to come. I could pump up these different like. And you know by doing fantasy football, I can come up with these type of... Uh, yeah, you do you have creative names thank you. once in a while. Thank you. I don't know if a lot of them they could use, but some of them, like this one, very useful. So I, I wouldn't be shocked, potentially, because I think the AFC is a wild yeah, place. It's, it's possible. They're definitely both playing. LA is definitely playing like a possible, more of a contender than we thought of. And they got Joey Boza back, which is huge help in that defense. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think they're more of a contender. I think they're still... I'd put three teams ahead of them in the AFC right now. But they're playing hot. And like we always say, you get hot at the right time, watch out. And I think Chargers have the potential to be one of those teams. Yeah. Um, last week, give you, I might give you the floor for this one. We can, we'll give you the... Because I don't even think wanna, I don't even want to talk about the Colts game. Colts game I could care less about. I should want to talk about the Colts game. Fine. fine. I'll say our Colts... A legit possible wild no. card contender. No, because I think Andrew Luck's no. playing at a possible MVP level. You had your doubts about his shoulder. I think we can admit this is something you will yes. call that. You I, I was, wrong. I was wrong. Luck but I had fair, playing. I had fair it concerns. Was fair concerns, but we can back those yeah. concerns up now. And they're gone. Luck's playing elite level and is great. And I think the Colts' offensive line has very much improved. They don't have a great defense, but can they squeak out a wild card spot? It wouldn't shock me. You know, AFC where right now six and five is a wild card spot. Wouldn't shock me. Colts are playing hot. By the time their schedule's not too difficult. 
See, I, I know I'm not the biggest genius of this in this room, and I know that it takes a, it takes a smart person to be able to realize when they're not the smart person that when Andrew Luck had to leave the Northern Hemisphere because no doctor would actually say or give him a, a, any sign of optimism about that shoulder that he has and that he had to throw around a Nerf football and that was pushing it and no doctor in the Northern Hemisphere genuinely thought that his shoulder he was going to ever come back. I, I'll be honest, pretty fair concerns. Yeah, I, I agree it was fair. Can I ask one quick thing, yeah. though? Not really ask, but say one thing. Yeah. Andrew Luck's coming off serious shoulder yeah. injury. And for the second straight week, you threw a pass to him. And you're exposing <laughs> Why? He converted a fourth down for a second today. Why are you exposing your franchise quarterback who just had shoulder surgery where his possible career was in jeopardy? Why are you exposing him to those hits? Just... Philly special. Fra- Frank Reich, I, I, I want to know a little bit. I know you were on... The Philly special you play. You were on Philadelphia when they won the Super Bowl last year, and you helped establish that Philly special. But maybe a quarterback who's... Uh, career was in jeopardy last year isn't the best idea to be taking those hits but what do i know i'm just a guy sitting <laughs> sitting in front of a microphone right now talking sports but we'll see i got an idea frank right bring him to the ravens right get lamar jackson involved catching the ball throwing the ball hey, there's some people who said he'd be better as a wide receiver when he was drafted so i think so what do I, again, what do we know? Uh, last game, and this is what I want to give you the floor for. The Denver Broncos at home. I, it was one thing if they had the snow. It's one thing if they had the rain and the cold. And it looked like I was getting cold watching the game. But nope. Nope. And nope. The Broncos defense forces four turnovers. And they win versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Big Ben 41 of 56 for 462 passing yards and a touchdown. I just needed a moment to compose <laughs> what I was going to say. The Broncos are one of the worst running defense in the league statistically. I think they're 27th in yards allowed rushing going into this game. And you hand the ball off to James Conner 13 times. And I get it. Roethlisberger's really good. He's having a really good season. And he can win you a game. And he showed that Jacksonville. You put this team on his back and can win the game. But when you're on the road in a tough city like Denver, who every year it's tough to face them. They sold out. I think I don't even know how many consecutive games they sold out. It's mm-hmm. incredible. They're always a tough team to play at home. And they have, they had a tough schedule. And I think Denver is better than their record shows. But why are you handing the ball off to Connor 13 times? I know he had a fumble. That was kind of crucial. But so did Grimble. And Ben Roethlisberger also two crucial interceptions, including one where he tried force-feeding Antonio Brown in the end zone there, where I think everyone in the stadium could have said, hey, you know, it's third and goal from the three-yard line, and Ben's going to throw this ball. It's probably going to go to Antonio Brown, who's his most trusted target. So that's just a little... It was a dumb decision. He tried force-feeding it. He was covered the entire route, and everyone read it. Everyone was watching that. Everyone knew where it was going. It was a horrible play call. Horrible design. Did, was not executed well, obviously. Just just all in all, brutal. This is a brutal loss. Steelers, I'm not, still not totally, completely down. And I'm not going to go on a rant and say the season's over or anything like that. This is a game they should have won. I won't sit here and say anything. They deserve to lose the game. I'm not going to sit here and say they should have won or anything like that. It's a game they should have won based off the records. 
but they played like a team that should have lost. Four interceptions, including one crucial while we're driving with Connor fumbling. One on a touchdown that would have been scored, but he fumbled the ball in the end zone. It rolled out of the end zone for a touchback. Just an annoying fumble. Just brutal game. It's not going to... I can't say too much more. It puts them down to the fourth seed right now. And instead of being the two seed, they're right now sitting in the fourth seed. And they got games against the Patriots and the Saints coming back towards the end of the season. It doesn't take a rock science to know that this is not an easy schedule. And this is a team who's going to have to fix, turn things around quickly. Because they got the Chargers next week. They'll have the Patriots a few weeks after that. And the Saints a few weeks after that. Their schedule gets tough and it'll be big tests for them coming up. I'm loving. I'm just watching the highlights right now, and who, who's number nine? Is that your kicker throwing a pass? Yeah, over? they did a fake Chris Boswell on a fourth and goal with like three seconds left. They decided let's fake it. Direct snap to Chris Boswell throws it to Alejandro Villanueva in the end zone for a two-yard touchdown pass. Probably they should have brought him out <laughs> instead of Ben Roethlisberger. I was about to ask. Do we have a quarterback controversy <laughs> brewing? Yeah, I think next week Chris Boswell will be the starting quarterback on Sunday Night Football. One for one with a hundred and eighteen point. Uh, there, you know, there was a time that, they, and this happened with the Jets when they all their quarterbacks went down, so they had to have the ba- the punter go in. And it was a terrible game. It's just a little fun fact off the top of the head, and um, they got wrecked. I I'm gonna be honest with you, those ratings. Chris Boswell would be flying. Yeah. Sunday I, night football. I don't think they're benching Ben anytime soon. We know where he is in the heart of Steelers fans as in terms of one of their quarterbacks who brought them a lot of success in Pittsburgh, and he's given them a lot of success this season. But tough loss, brutal loss, shouldn't have been a loss. But hopefully they bounce back at home in Sunday night football. Ben usually plays well in primetime, especially when they're at home. So let's see if this team can – turn things around in that coming game. Yeah, I hope so, because if not, pff, things are going to be uh, an interesting, interesting time. Real quick, we're going to preview uh, the Monday night game. Uh, actually, Sunday night game just ended. Thank you. You're right, Callan. Yeah, Thank you. It. We don't usually yeah. record. This is a late time for us to be recording. We got back from Thanksgiving break a little late, so we got to studio <laughs> late, but usually we don't do this, but the Sunday night football game's over, so we might as well give our quick reaction. Instant reaction? Yeah. Uh... Minnesota's a good team. Yes. Uh, 24-17 win. Kirk Cousins, th- uh, 29-38 for 342 and three touchdowns. Adam Thielen broke Randy Moss's record. That was interesting for most 100-yard games in a single season. That's kind of cool for the Vikings. Um, Thielen, eight receptions for 125 yards and a touchdown. Packers have a 3% chance of making the playoffs now, so that's kind of nifty. And Mike McCarthy's got about a 100% chance of this being his last year in Green Bay. Yeah, yeah. Pat Packers are done. I, I think we've said it last week, and this game was kind of a must-win from trying to stay alive in the playoff race. Packers season's pretty much over. I can't see them making the playoffs. That defense is brutal, and it'll be weird not seeing Aaron Rodgers play playoff football. But it's a shame for Mike McCarthy. You have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. You should be able to make the playoffs. So I think that's gonna the writing on the walls there for him. Move over to Minnesota. It's the team I like coming this year, and they put everything together this week. They had a Really good defensive showing. Their offense was clicking. Thielen, 125 yards. Diggs, 77 yards. They got Rudolph involved, which they haven't been doing much. Kirk Cousins had a really good game. The only thing missing is that running game because Dalvin Cook's kind of been quiet all season with his injuries. They haven't been able to get him going since he's come back. So if they can get that going, Minnesota continues to show why they are a sneaky team. I think they could compete with the Bears in the NFC North if they're playing yeah. at the top when they should be playing. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I'm curious to see how that ends up playing out. 
but that's all we're going to do. Uh, you want to preview the Monday night? Uh, it's not going to be a good game. The Texans are going to win pretty big. I'll yeah. be honest. It's going to be about uh, at least two touchdown win. Yeah, I'll say, take. I'll say about a 10-point win, but Texans will show why they're one of the hotter teams in football, and Titans will show why they continue to be a team that I have no idea what to expect from them. Because yeah. they look good one week, and they look awful the next week, and I think this is going to be one of those awful weeks. Yep, I'm sensing a pretty awful week. Bill O'Brien's going to look solid. Sean Watson's going to throw for like 320 and like two touchdowns and 50 rushing yards and a touchdown. Yeah, I'll say 24 14, Houston. 31-10. Houston. There and funny enough, you know what the under-over is on this game? It is a... 41 and a half. 41. So just pretty much... <laughs> wow. Okay, then. I think you've hit, you've hit the nail on your head. And that was pretty solid. I, just, I, I think I uh, this whole college thing is for me, which it's kind of too late now looking back. But if it wasn't for me, Vegas, I, I think I'd have a calling there. Yeah, but They could so, use some people. I think you Finish college, move out to Vegas. I'll see what you can do there. Oh, I would have a good time. All right, so now we're going to transition a little bit into something completely different of some college football action. We're not going to. We're only going to spend maybe ten minutes or so on this. So, a couple of interesting games. Oklahoma defeated West Virginia, their first quality win of their entire season, in a shootout, which is typical Big Ten fashion. But Big 12 fashion, 59-56. Will Greer, 32 of 49. My Heisman guy. Five. My Heisman guy. 39 and four touchdowns. Yeah, I mentioned him as somewhat an under-radar name for Heisman, and he had one of those performances. Kyler Murray, another really good game for him, 364 yards, three touchdowns. Just continuing to show why he's near the top of the Heisman. Case. He's not if getting not it. Tua. He pr- it'll be Tua, but... Kyler should get some more love coming comes to that. Uh, we're talking about Oklahoma as where they would be ranking-wise. I think we both agreed coming into the show. They're at six right now. And there's talk about whether or not they should be in the college fall playoff. And they play like a playoff team, but their strength of schedule has been brutal. Their only win against a ranked opponent was this, they played Texas earlier in the year and lost. Their only win against a ranked opponent was West Virginia. So based off the schedule, to me, Oklahoma's not a playoff team. They'll have a really good bowl game, but they will not be playing in the college football playoff. Wow. Okay, yeah. So I'm just reading something. So the winner of the SEC championship game will definitely reach the college football playoff. Alabama also has a 50% chance of reaching the college football playoff. Even if it loses, it still has a 50% chance. Per the playoff indicator on ESPN, and Georgia has only a 7% chance if they lose to make it. Right now, Georgia has a 36% chance of making it, which is not significant whatsoever because it means nothing because they still have to play another game. And against Alabama, nonetheless. So that was a pretty dumb thing that they just threw up on the screen. So... Next, we'll talk about just some other interesting tidbits. Uh, Washington won 28-15 over Washington State, ending their fun season so far. Jake Browning, 11-14 for 207 and, a t- and an interception. Uh, Gaskin, 27 for 170 and three touchdowns for Washington. Great win for them. They are 16th in the country. They're surely going to be moving up, so I'm excited to see where that one goes. Agreed. Washington was a team we you kind of like coming this year. I, yeah. I like a little bit, too. Browning, another a good enough game. He didn't have to throw too many times, but you no, know, just just a good game for Washington going on the road against their rivals. Uh, Washington State was kind of have a Cinderella type story season, sitting at number eight. You look at the AP poll right now. Washington, I believe, sitting at 
Ten and Washington State's, I think, 12th or 13th. We'll see where it goes for college football rankings, but a good win for Washington, especially during rivalry week. What rival rivalry? Nice one. Week. I, I, you say I'm the one who can't get words out oh, the time. Yeah, I think we both know who <laughs> is the one who can't get words out. I yep. just had a little stutter. It's a, it's an R and W in the same sentence. It's not yep. really a, something people could say to mix up a lot, but whatever. Good <laughs> win for Washington. It's against their rival. Yeah, that's all. Let's do a great quote from Gaskin. I just found this quote. Yes, he did a post game quote. He said they asked his thoughts on beating uh, the uh, the Cougars. He says, "Quote: I ain't never lost to no Cougar." What a quote! An electric quote. I ain't never lost to no Cougar. I don't think we could have said it any better ourselves. I yeah, you can, <laughs> you can put us together, put our brains together. We would not come up with a quote like that one. Heck and of you, a quote. And you have some mem- memorable quotes from the <laughs> show, but I don't think any of that. But yeah, I ain't you, never lost to no cougar. It just shows how strong some of these rivalries are. I love it. Um, yeah, next, I want to know your thoughts. And everyone's going crazy, and I think this is a little preposterous. You, UCF, 11-0, they played literally nobody good. They've played genuinely, and everyone's saying, oh, it's not their fault, it's not their fault. They only played one top 25 team in Cincinnati. They won 38-13, and yada, yada. That's not my problem. That's not your problem. Yeah. they got to schedule some better teams, and then they can have a realistic resume. Yeah, I'm, it's a, another one of those Cinderella stories that'll get a good bowl game and get a lot of attention. That's what a team like that deserves, and... A good you know, bowl game? Are we calling, like... I think... They'll be a top. Like a Fiesta Bowl type of deal? Yeah, possibly. Right now, they were sitting at the ninth ranked team coming this year, so it's kind of one of those are coming this week. So they're kind of trending that way to be in one of the <sighs> games and play against some real good competition. We'll see exactly where this UCF team stacks. But, yeah, I, I, anyone who's calling for them to be in a playoff, let's just stop that right there. They haven't had the strength schedule to do that. It's a fun story, and I've enjoyed watching them. But you put them in a college football playoff, and they'll probably get. They're a team who I could see getting smoked in a college football playoff just because of the lack of the competition. They look at their closest game this season. It was a one point game against Memphis, but besides that, their next closest win was an 11 point win. They haven't faced anyone who has really proper competition for them. Maybe you could say it's because they're that good. I, I, I don't buy that. I don't buy it either. Um,. And I hate to be the guy to to end, especially the fact that they're going to get a, a uh, New Year's Six game. Yeah, it's a uh, but their their starting quarterback is done. It's he that had a gross yeah. injury. Yeah, that was that was almost as bad, if not worse, than the Alex Smith injury yeah. last week. Yeah. Um. Well, I don't know. Uh, Alabama just I, wins the Iron Bowl. Tua, our guy, twenty five of thirty two, three twenty four and five touchdowns. This guy is genuinely unbelievable. Heisman Trophy winner. I've been trying it to, to him. I've been trying to put the argument against him just because of the schedule. And while that's something you could put against him, he's just been unreal all season. It's hard to even make any arguments against him right now, especially playing for the number one team in the country. You can't really make that argument against him anymore. And I'm done trying to even make that argument against him. He's the Heisman Trophy winner right now, and I don't even think it's going to be that close when it comes down to the voting. I don't think it's close. 3, almost 3,200 yards, 36 touchdowns, two interceptions. He's So we're going to talk about some some numbers, some stats, right? Yards per uh, play, right? Mm-hmm. Per attempt. He's averaging almost 12 yards per attempt. His completion percentage, 70.3. 
Some other notables. He's had nine sacks. Okay, fine. That's almost a sack a game. Fine. So be it. He's had a total of, what, five rushing touchdowns. He is, he's like, remember, this is a guy who I'm just purely amused by. His quarter his rating for this year, 212.5. His quarterback rating, a his raw quarterback rating, 94.7. Yeah, he, he's... It's hard to even make that argument against him. He's been a great story, especially after he took the quarterback job away from Hurts in the championship game last year and has taken this job this year and ran with it. I, I had some thoughts coming this year about whether or not he was going to be able to hold it for the full season, and he's done that and more and deserves the Heisman Trophy. It's been a great story, a fun story to watch, and let's see if he can do repeat this. Let's see if he can get them Alabama. Again in the championship, I probably, but we'll see. if they got a game against Georgia, that'll be a great game to watch, and we'll see his second game against a real a top five opponent. He played LSU early, earlier this year and was typical to a fashion. Was great. Yeah, um, we'll talk a couple more. We'll talk one more game, and then we're gonna talk college fo- uh, football playoffs, and then we're gonna do a quick Mount Rushmore and end it. So. Michigan, Ohio State. First time in 10 years Michigan's the favorite going into the game. They get whomped up at Ohio State. 62-39. Haskins has a career day. 20-31 for 396 and six touchdowns. Mike, just all Ohio State. That's all I got to say. Yeah, all, high, all Ohio Best State. Best rivalry, though. It's it's incredible. O's just a, it's a great rivalry. It's probably the best rivalry in college football. Up there and some of the best earlier in the year about whether or not Heisman can see continues to show why he's involved in that race too. So I give you credit for that, for bringing him up. Incredible. To me right now, Ohio State is the fourth seed. If I'm ranking, if I'm making my quality win over Michigan, I think Michigan's knocked themselves out of it after that loss, yep. and it was in brutal fashion too. It wasn't dope. I think Michigan now sits out. Jim Harbaugh has a, one of his worst losses not really standing too much of a chance against Ohio State. Yeah, I don't see them having much of a chance against Ohio State. So, most likely, we're going to use the the polls real quick of what the playoff picture looks like. No. If Ohio State wins, Ohio schedule, they've had some tough wins on the road. I, they're, they're the number four. If they don't, besides that, they, those the, besides UCF's not coming up. Michigan, you disagree with that? No, I agree. I think that... Right now, they have it. I think right now, even if I will be the four, as they deserve to, as long as Georgia loses to Alabama, which we both think will happen, and Ohio Ohio State will most likely end the season at the four, as they deserve. And I think this year, if they'll have it, I think it's going to be hard to really debate against it. There's always that debate about who deserves to be in. I think this year, we kind of have clear four teams. There's a debate against Oklahoma or Oklahoma against Ohio State, which I don't even think is too much of a debate, to be honest. I like I love Oklahoma. I think Kyler Murray's great, and I would love to see him on this stage. But they just don't have the strength of schedule to me like an Ohio State does to put them in over Ohio State, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I'm glad we can agree on that. This doesn't turn into a half-hour argument. Um, so we're going to end this on a quick Mount Rushmore of an area, right? We all know the rules. We're going to do some snake draft style of Mount Rushmore's. On Thanksgiving food. I'm not even going to do sides. We're going to do Thanksgiving food. Callan, since you're taking massive losses in all facets, we're going to be giving you the number one pick in this. 
it may not be my favorite Thanksgiving food, but you, you got to go with turkey number one. Turkey it's a classic. Solid. Everyone likes turkey. I like turkey. It's just the definition of Thanksgiving is turkey. It's hard to go wrong. It's the centerpiece of everyone's meal on Thanksgiving. It may not be the thing that I most enjoy eating on Thanksgiving. I like it. I'm not rushing in to get it. I'll go for some of the sides over it. But everyone likes turkey. Everyone puts a good piece of turkey on their thing. It's the centerpiece of Thanksgiving, so it's got to be another one overall pick. Turkey's a solid move. I'm going to be honest. That's very, very basic. We're not pushing the envelope a little bit. So I got to push the envelope in a little bit. Here's what we're going to go with. First overall selection, we're definitely going with stuffing. Stuffing something flies under the radar. Stuffing is something that's always on the table. People always look for. Usually, sometimes people run out of. So you gotta look at that solid side. Yeah. Definitely is a move to make. It's my favorite side. Beside, yeah, it's my. It's my favorite oh yeah, because the next one, next side. Another one flying under the radar, mashed potatoes. Yep, you took the two best sides. Thank opinion. you. Smart guy, big brain, never lost. So I got to try and make things up because you have probably the two best sides. I'm going to go with cranberry sauce. Okay. I think it's another Thanksgiving staple. I'll be going to be completely honest. It's probably going to be tough for me to beat you in this one. The first all pick, you turkey, I think it's going to have to be the centerpiece yep. and be the 1-1 that everyone enjoys. I'm going to have to just build a solid team food after that. Cranberry sauce is another thing that everyone kind of like, some people like on Thanksgiving. It's another Thanksgiving staple. So I don't think you can go wrong there. And I'm going to go with cornbread. With the next pick. It's not something that everyone has on Thanksgiving. It is a staple of most Thanksgiving. It's another thing that a lot of people like. And I think it's a side, kind of flies under the radar. So I'll, I'll, I'll go with cornbread. So you have what? Three I have, now? Yeah, I have turkey, I got, no, you got, sauce, and cornbread. You have three. Yep. So I got two more. These are, and then I'm done. Because yep. that, what? There's four presidents four, on Mount Rushmore. Four things on Mount Rushmore. Good job. Smart guy, you yeah. know? People don't give me enough credit at times. I'm going to go lastly, corn. Uh, Big yeah. corn. I'm going all sides because you're stealing. But here's the thing. Corn something that you know it's a staple of the seasons. You know there's a different type of things you could do with the corn. You can mix it in with something else that I'm not going to give away because this is another good one. It's your pick, so it's not like But here's the thing. I don't want to go with all the sides. Actually, you know what I'm going to do? What are you going to do? Oh, this is a big, big decision here. P- uh, pumpkin pie. Ooh, yeah. So done winner. Yeah, that's a... I thought about taking it for dessert, but so I guess I'll kind of get rounded off with a little dessert. I'll go with the pecan pie. Solid. Another pie. People like pie. I'm not a huge pie guy, but it's uh, three point one four one. I I know yeah, pie. Yeah, my birthday's on pie day. But oh, um, yeah, I think pecan pie just kind of rounds it up. I have a little bit of everything. The main course, some side dishes, and the dessert. While you're sticking with more of side dishes, but yes. honestly. Thanksgiving for my favorite holidays. I don't think you can go wrong with any of the food that we've taken. So you have one more pick? No, I have the four. Have pie. Turkey, pecan pie, cranberry sauce, and the cornbread. Oh, cornbread. My bad. Yeah. Forgot that one. All right. It's we're a gonna, pick. We're going to put this on our Twitter page. 
probably where you're listening to this, and we will let you vote on who's Mount Rushmore. And Callan, you're going to have to write these down because I'm going to yeah, probably forget. I'll, I'll point it right now. Good. So, we remember so we're going to put this up on the Twitter. We're going to let you vote on who's Mount Rushmore of Thanksgiving food. Do you agree with more? Because the results of the last Mount Rushmore, one went strongly to me. The other one went strongly to Callan. So we're going to see where this one ends up going. Yeah, I think it's a little bit close. I think you have two of the best sides. Thank you. I have the main staple, so we'll see what's... And all the rest of us are the sides that can be hit or miss for some people, I think. But we'll see. I think it's going to be... Out of the few we've done, one of our closer Mount Rushmore. Definitely is going to be close. I hope it is. That's all the time that we have here. Again, thanks for coming on with us, Kellen. Have a great rest of your week, guys. Live it up. Enjoy Thanksgiving. Hopefully you enjoyed each other and your family. Hopefully everyone's in a good mood. There's no more of the snow. And have a great week. You are listening to the SU Sports Corner Pal. SU Sports Corner Podcast. You're listening to this edition of 88.9 The Pulse WQSU Sports Podcast.